We're on the news line now with Tara Dively. She's a licensed marriage and family therapist, works at Courtyard Counseling in the Sealands Grove area. Good morning, Tara. Thanks for being on the line today. Thank you so much for having me, Mark. When we're talking about COVID-19, I think one thing that uh, people seem to really wonder about, and you know a lot about this, this idea of trying to deal with uncertainty or insecurity. Tell us why that plays on people, this idea that you don't know necessarily what's going to be happening in the future. Yeah, sure. I think that the uncertainty definitely causes anxiety within our society, and people react to uncertainty differently. Some people, um, you know, haven't been as impacted by COVID-19 as others. So, you know, you you see a range of different um reactions from COVID-19, but I think generally speaking, I think it's safe to say that we've all, to some degree, experienced some collective trauma from the effects of COVID-19. And to a certain extent, does this wear on you, this idea that, you know, I, I think if we had a blizzard, you can get nervous beforehand and start digging out, and but every day after that, you kind of are a little bit better. But for this... For a long time, and even to some extent now, we have a lot of question marks, and we're not sure how this will all end. Yeah, sure. And I think that currently we're kind of in a hopeful phase. Things are opening back up, and there's some optimism, but I think people are treading lightly because they don't know. They don't know what to expect. You know, has this impacted our economy um, to the point where, you know, it's it's a, a longer-term negative impact? Um, has it created this anxiety not knowing if there's going to be um, a second wave of, of outbreak? You know, just so many questions that um, people are asking that are valid, you know, in uncertain times. Well, and certain people have different thresholds where it becomes real to them. I know for me, sure. I didn't really worry too much about it until I saw that there were certain kinds of food shortages a month ago. Now, all that seems to have passed, but that sort of made me think, oh, my gosh, you know, this is kind of turning into a scenario where one thing happens, then another thing happens, and another thing happens. Does that kind of wear on people when they finally get to something that, uh, for them, it becomes real? Absolutely. Some people have been impacted in much greater ways than others. So some people have had a family member who have who has experienced COVID. Um, some people have experienced uh, a family member dying from COVID. Some people have lost their jobs. Um, other people, you know, have experienced much less impact. But to some degree, I think what you're saying is is right on um there was kind of a domino effect or is kind of this domino effect that um you know in some ways we're impacted even if it's just you know i have to wear a mask in the grocery store and i can't find my my favorite brand of ketchup you know there's there's a different there's a different continuum of stress but i think that yeah it does impact everybody to some degree in what way does the unrest and the protests that have taken place because of racism, in what way does that exacerbate or add on to this uh, this uh, uncertainty? Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think that's a really good point that you make. I think that one of the things that I have personally been seeing um, working with individuals and families is that there was almost this point a few weeks ago where there was this optimistic uh, phase you know, things were starting to open. Uh, counties were going to yellow. My county went to green. It was it was really exciting. Um, we were able to eat out in restaurants again. And then, whoa, the news hit us like a ton of bricks. And, um, you know, we were, we were given the news of the death of George Floyd and um, the protests that followed that. Um, it, it definitely really shook people again. And we have seen through uh, not only the COVID, but also with the protests, there's a new wave of people who are activists and are speaking out. Tell me about this uh, interest and compulsion, I mean, for some people to just make sure that their voice is heard. Yeah, and I think that honestly, it's human nature. People want their voice to be heard. Um, people have heard a call to action. Um you know, it's it's very important for people to feel that they have a voice, um, no matter what the circumstances are. I mean, in our own lives, in our own relationships with other people, you know, it's important in those relationships, in healthy relationships, to have a voice, to be validated, to be heard. And I think that we're definitely seeing this. Is this uh, maybe as a societal on a societal level? Is this maybe our interest in making sure that we have a little bit of control? You know, I can't control what goes on globally related to race, but at least I spoke up. I, I did this. I added my two cents. Or I can't control the governor, but at least I went to the rally in Harrisburg or sent him a letter. Mm-hmm. We're trying to help and control Absolutely. a little bit? I think so. Sure. And honestly, I mean, it's a positive thing. Um you know, from my perspective, you know, stand by your beliefs and do it in a safe way and have a voice. Um, and, you know, I'm speaking for, you know, what you said as well, you know, protest your cause in Harrisburg, protest, but do it in a safe way. What's the long-term impact of all this uncertainty? Well, I think that depending on how people have been impacted by their their stress and anxiety through COVID-19, through, you know, the racial tensions in the country currently, um, you know, it, it depends. It depends on the individual. It depends on their protective factors, you know, like um, who do they have in their corner? Who are their supports? Um, how was their mental health? before this? Do they have somebody to talk to? All of those kinds of things play into it. But I think, you know, society as a whole, you know, we we have become um, maybe a bit less trusting, maybe, a, you know, a bit less um, having that feeling of security that we once always had and maybe took for granted in our country. Well, I think part of it is people want someone else to care you know i see this on social media where somebody puts up you know I'm, uh, they actually put up that i'm not great and hiking on a wonderful trail at this time and and feeling wonderful or, or binge watching my favorite show i am hurting i'm lonely uh sure. you know, this kind of thing people want to know that someone cares 
Absolutely. And I think that's a really good point. I mean, during the quarantine, when we were locked down, some of us had had a nice break. I mean, some of us, you know, we the people that baked banana bread for their kids every day, those kinds of scenarios. Um, you know, but there were also people who were completely isolated for three months and didn't have that support. So, you know, it, it just is based on the individual experience. It really is. When you talk about any kind of trauma, whether it's this or something else, you sometimes say, well, this is one of the small T traumas, and then you talk about the big T trauma. Explain the difference for us. Yeah, sure. So a little T trauma is maybe some secondary um, exposure to an unsettling event. So maybe it's... uh, you know, I I heard that my friend's mother, who I never met, had passed away from COVID, and it made it very real to me. Was it big T trauma? No, but it still kind of, you know, it impacted my world. Or, you know, I know somebody that may have lost their job, and, you know, this was very traumatic to them. It's not my own trauma, but it's impacted my life in some way. Um, When we think big T trauma, you know, we're thinking, you know, exposure to violence. So um, exposure to um, unrest and unhealthy dynamics and, um, you know, maybe abuse, neglect, those kinds of things. So very, very severe, more, um, more of an impact. It becomes incumbent upon us to accept and adapt words that I've learned from you. Tell us about those. Yeah. So, uh, you know, these these are times that, you know, like I said, have have maybe shaken um what we thought our worlds were. And eventually, you know, we're we're called to maybe not ever go back to life the way it was, but Having that ability to adapt is really important. And I think that's honestly where, you know, finding the right supports, either, you know, an informal support, like a friend that you can talk to, or a formal support, like a counselor, a therapist, a social worker. Um, You know, we're trained to help people navigate these rocky times. Is that how I adapt this idea of, you know, coming up with a strategy and then, uh, you know, doing some of those things on my strategy? Yeah, sure. And I mean, there's definite things that can help um, alleviate stress and lead to a smoother adaptation process to whatever our new normal is. I mean, um, just some of the things that, you know, I tell clients every day in clinical practice you know, finding time for themselves. And that doesn't necessarily always mean, um, you know, a pedicure and a bubble bath, but getting out in the sun for 30 minutes a day, um, making sure you're staying active and moving and eating healthy and drinking water and all of those those kinds of things. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. One of the things that I'm I'm always very... I always try to help um, clients understand, too, is, yes, we want to be informed, but we don't want to always be inundated with information. So I think 
too much time on social media, too much time being glued to the news, those things can quickly become unhealthy. So in our in our society, you know, we have information 24-7 at our fingertips, but we can also, you know, take that control back and turn it off when we know we need to turn it off. Remind our audience the definition of PTSD and, and let me know if this these kinds of traumas that we had talked about earlier are going to lead to that in some folks. Well, it like I said, it depends on the significance of the trauma. So, um, you know, a PTSD diagnosis would be reserved for, you know, those those more severe traumatic um, episodes and responses. So, you know, we I don't think that having experienced COVID for the general population would lead to, you know, a, an increase in PTSD diagnoses, um, but it could lead to more, more low-level depression, anxiety, those kinds of things. Yeah, are, are we having more depression, more anxiety, uh, sort of diagnosable and treatable and, and, and should be actionable? I don't know the exact numbers, and I'm sure that those statistics are somewhere, either through the National Institutes of Health um, or, you know, another government website. Um, People probably have been collecting some data by this point. I'm not so sure. Um, I know, you know, in in my clinical work, I've seen a lot of increase in anxiety um, over the last, you know, five months or so. You uh, just outlined some self-care tips. Give us your best list of good self-care tips. I'm an avid exerciser myself. I like to eat healthy. That is the number one thing you can do for yourself. Finding that support group is also extremely important. Everybody needs an outlet. Everybody needs that person they can trust. Um, You know, finding that sense of connection and that sense of belonging is so important. Um, finding maybe an expressive hobby. So one of the things that I was seeing during the, the, the quarantine was people just delving into art and cooking, so much so that flour was hard to come by. Art supplies were hard to come by. Um, and I think that that's a really healthy coping mechanism. So doing those kinds of creative things um, finding something good about each day. This is something that I tell my clients all the time and practice myself. Find something each day that you're grateful for. Some days might be harder than others. Sometimes you might have to kind of sift through all of the stuff that you're dealing with, but finding those things that you're grateful for can be an amazing coping strategy and a practice to really get into. Some of the things that I was I was saying during the, the quarantine, some people felt, like I think you said earlier, that sense that they didn't have control. So finding something that they could control. I mean, people were growing gardens. I would love to see some of these gardens now. <laughs> I'm sure that you know, that was a good, you know, it's a good way to kind of control your environment. Um, organize your bookshelf. Do things around the house to, you know, gain back that sense of control. 
you know, like I said, too, limiting that social media conversations that, you know, become heated, those kinds of things, um, you know, are great self-care um, as well. 